This is your wake up call. The Breakfast Club, the show you love to hate. From the East to the West Coast. DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the God. The realest show on the planet. This is why I respect this show because this is a voice to society. Changing the game. You guys are the, the coveted morning show, but y'all earned that. Impacting the culture. They wake up in the morning and they, they want to hear that Breakfast Club. The world's most dangerous morning show. Being a mother, being a. Good morning, Angela Yee. Good morning, DJ MV. Charlemagne the God. Peace to the planet. Guess what day it is? Guess what day it is? Hump day. Yes, it's Wednesday, Hump Day, middle of the week. Yes, good morning, man. I'm uh, you know, it's so funny. I'm 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 finishing up my second book, which is uh, Shook One Anxiety Playing Tricks on Me. It'll be out October 23rd. It's not done yet. Um, it wa- it is, it was, putting my final edits on it, but now mm-hmm. I'm adding stuff to it. Some which, more anxiety? Which, exactly. Writing a book about anxiety, about therapy, about trauma, PTSD, and I'm getting more anxious as it comes to closing the book. Because books are final. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, once it's out there, it's out there. Absolutely. It's no taking back. It's no redos. That's it. So, Yes. I'm, I'm getting more anxiety as I'm finishing up writing a book about anxiety. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, again, uh, shout out to uh, Cash App. If you haven't heard, uh, I lost uh, some money yesterday. And uh, well, Cash App got it back. you gave some money away. You didn't lose it. I accidentally gave somebody uh, money to the wrong person. And um, I was able to get that money back from Cash App. Now, Nobody cares. The guy actually did spend 1500 of it. As he should. Today is the first of the month. Sir. I don't know why he only spent fifteen hundred. Uh, that's probably all he could get out at the time. Give him a moment. You got rent. You got mortgage. You got bills. It's the first right but now. But you know, you get that blessing. You got to take it out the account immediately. Yeah, but the only bad thing about it is now I'm gonna get that money back. So now anything that he bought with that fifteen hundred is on his. He's on his own because I'm getting that. I'm getting it all back. That's so. messed up. I don't yeah. know how that's gonna affect your karma. I'm gonna be honest with you. Nah, I'm pretty good. My karma's What if he had to good. pay for surgery for an infant? Wow, for real. Medical bills, doctor bills, for real. You don't know what that young that young person was going through. What about if he just wanted to go to the club and buy some bottles? What if he just wanted to go to the club and buy some bottles? Not this time. It of wasn't not even nighttime. Not this time of year. I mean, we don't know what he's nah, doing. Today's not this the time first. of year. Today's the first. No, nobody does stuff like that on the thirty first. If you get a blessing like that and you run to the club on the thirty first and the mar- and then you know the day is the first. No, but no. he had a blessing. Your priorities all messed up. He had a blessing. I got that back. Wow. Anyway. Leo Cohen will be joining I us. I hope God don't feel like that when you pray. <laughs> I pray every day, twice a day, actually. God, you're praying right to the spam folder. Matter of fact, I'm praying right now. He did pray, but it's in my spam folder. Nah. I'll check it later. Well, Leo Cohen will be joining us. If you don't know who Leo Cohen is, he's the uh, creator of 300. That's the label that uh, started the careers of Fetty Wap, Migos, and Young Thug. I mean, he's even, also the head of marketing. Uh, head, what, what is it? The head of YouTube? Something Global YouTube. head of marketing. But I mean, even Global, head of, I mean, Global head of music, sorry. He was Something one of the most instrumental people at Def Jam back in the day. Like, Leo Korn has a very storied history. That's right. He ran Def Jam for years, so... 300 would be like a... Uh, He's had decades in this music business. He started off as, like, the road manager for Run DMC. Yeah, 300 is like a blip on the radar. Yeah, we'll talk to him about all that when he joins us this morning. And we got some front page news. What are we talking about, you? Man, let's talk about a plane crash. This was a tragedy, but there is a blessing in this. All right. I'll tell you what it is. We'll get into all that when we come back. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Good morning. What's happening? It's rainy and disgusting on the East Coast. Now, let's get into some front page news. 
news. Now, let's talk about this plane crash you were talking about, E. Yes, there was a plane crash in Mexico. The plane was en route from Durango, Mexico to Mexico City. And there were 103 people on that plane. But fortunately, no one died from that plane crash. Really? How high up was it? Um, they were about to land. So it said a strong wind gust brought down the plane. What airline was that? Uh, it was Aeromexico. Mm. Yeah, so fortunately, nobody died. The plane uh, lost both of its engines. Both? Yes. The left wing initially touched the ground. The plane lost both of its engines, and then it skidded off the runway until it stopped about 300 meters away. Oh, so nothing to not have anxiety about, because it's not like it was way up in the air, and then the engine gave out, and then it crashed, and everybody survived. It, it don't was, matter. It was already on the ground. It wasn't on the ground. It, it did. He said the left wheel touched. So it was already on the ground. The left wheel touched. That's enough. Yeah, the left wing initially touched the ground. Left wing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about this health alert. Yes, for you guys that are eating any type of salads or wrapped from Kroger, Trader Joe's, or Walgreens, don't do it right now. They've been warning you not to purchase any of that because of possible parasite contamination. Now, this parasite uh, is called Cyclosporus. What is it? I forget it. I'm not even going to try to pronounce it. Something just nasty. Know, yeah, something nasty. And they're saying this illness is a Cyclospora parasite. And you can actually get explosive diarrhea, not just regular. <laughs> explosive diarrhea. That's my favorite kind. <laughs> Uh, and they said you could uh, have symptoms for a, l- a few months, and then you could feel better, but it might get worse again. And you can treat it with antibiotics. You can have headache, fever, body aches, and flu-like symptoms, nausea, gas, fatigue, loss of appetite, Mm-mm-mm. stomach cramps, pain, all those things. So if I you need- have any of those symptoms and you've been to Kroger, Trader Joe's, or Walgreens, beware. I'm stuck on explosive diarrhea because I need to know the difference between regular diarrhea and explosive diarrhea. But, you know, some come and some trickles out, like, you know, comes out like a faucet, and some is just like a... Faucet. Bomb. Like, That's yeah, like I mean, that. I mean, like, bomb. Yeah. That sounds explosive. I'm assuming explosive diarrhea is the kind you can't hold. Like, if I was sitting here and I had to go, like, I would have to run out or it'd be like a real bad situation. I think explosive, imagine like a bomb drops out of your butt and splashes everything. I love it. Nothing like empty in your butt. That's an explosion. You know the one that's just all over the toilet seat? That's explosive. No, no. I've never done that on the toilet toilet seat. seat? I'm a grown-ass man. That's crazy. I've been potty trained since at least the age of three. All right, now. Did you say potty trained? Listen to this. In North Carolina, a man has to pay $8.8 million. You know why? Why? Because he cheated with someone else's wife. And you know, in North Carolina, you can actually sue for adultery. So you can sue a person. Yes, it's called alienation of affection. And in North Carolina, this one man actually has to pay up. He was seeing another man's wife for 16 months. So he has to pay another man $8.8 million? Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. Really? Yes, he does. I hope that was worth it. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Yep. $8.8 $8.8 million because I slept with another man's wife. For 16 months, mm-hmm. yes. Does he have that money? What did he do for a living? Where did he get that number from? Why $8.8 million? Well, they said um, $2.2 million was uh, tangible damages, and the other money is punishment. So Punishment? Jeez. Yeah, penalized. So in North Carolina, it literally pays to be faithful. Like, for real, for yeah, real. Yes, well, absolutely. It, I don't know if it pays, but no, it, it can pays. cost you... No, but it pays cheat. to be it pays to be faithful because if you're cheating with another man's wife, then you gotta pay that man. You gotta pay her husband now. Yeah. It's better for you to be Do the right thing, committed to basically. who you with. Yeah. He said my marriage is murdered. It was destroyed. Part of it was his wife also worked for his company, so he also lost an employee. Wow. Mm. All right. Well, get it off your chest. That's front page news. Eight hundred five eight five one zero five one. If you need to vent, hit us up right now. Maybe you had a bad night. You just need to to vent a little bit. Or I'm mad, I'm mad right now because I'm trying to figure out why the woman don't have to pay some of that money in North Carolina. It shouldn't just be all on the man. Like if the, if I sleep with another man's wife, shouldn't that wife have to kick in some bread to the husband too, the ex husband? Well, maybe the man is suing the other man. Still, sue. You got to. You should have to sue both. It takes two to cheat. Uh, he don't, Maybe not, he still loves his wife. He's, he's not, you know what's crazy about it? It was all kinds of things like he would give his wife a spa day, and guess who else was at that spa date? 
Dude, wow. side dude. Wow. All he right. Took a, he got her a trip for her birthday. Guess who got a hotel room right down the block? Wow. Hope she get explosive diarrhea. Side dude. Well, get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. You need to vent, or if you feel blessed, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Good morning, Breakfast everybody. Club. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the guy. We are The Breakfast Good Club. Good morning. What's happening? It's rainy and disgusting on the East Coast. Now, let's get in some front page news. Now, let's talk about this plane crash you were talking about, Yee. Yes, it was a plane crash in Mexico. The plane was en route from Durango, Mexico to Mexico City. And there were 103 people on that plane. But fortunately, no one died from that plane really? crash. Really? How high up was it? Um, they were about to land. So it said a strong wind gust brought down the plane. What airline was that? Uh, it was Aero Mexico. Mm. Yeah, so fortunately, nobody died. The plane uh, lost both of its engines. Both? Yes. The left wing initially touched the ground. The plane lost both of its engines, and then it skidded off the runway until it stopped about 300 meters away. Oh, so nothing to not have anxiety about, because it's not like it was way up in the air, and then the engine gave out, and then it crashed, and everybody survived. It, it don't was, matter. It was already on the ground. It wasn't on the ground. It could have did. He said the left wheel touched, so it was already on the ground. The left wheel touched. That's enough. Yeah, the left wing initially touched the ground. Left wing, yeah. Mm. Now let's talk about this health alert. Yes, for you guys that are eating any type of salads or wraps from Kroger, Trader Joe's, or Walgreens, don't do it right now. They've been warning you not to purchase any of that because of possible parasite contamination. Now, this parasite uh, is called Cyclosporus. What is I Forget it. I'm not even going to try to pronounce it. Something but just nasty. Know, yeah, something nasty. And they're saying this illness is a Cyclospora parasite. And you can actually get explosive diarrhea, not just regular. <laughs> explosive diarrhea. That's my favorite kind. <laughs> Uh, and they said you could uh, have symptoms for a, a few months, and then you could feel better, but it might get worse again. And you can treat it with antibiotics. You can have headache, fever, body aches, and flu-like symptoms, nausea, gas, fatigue, loss of appetite, mm-hmm. stomach cramps, pain, all those things. So if I you need- have any of those symptoms and you've been to Kroger, Trader Joe's, or Walgreens, beware. I'm stuck on explosive diarrhea because I need to know the difference between regular diarrhea and explosive diarrhea. But, you know, some come and some trickles out, like, you know, comes out like a faucet, and some is just like a bomb. Like, yeah, like that. That sounds explosive. I'm assuming explosive diarrhea is the kind you can't hold. Like, if I was sitting here and I had to go, like, I would have to run out or it'd be like a real bad situation. I think explosive, imagine like a bomb drops out of your butt and splashes everywhere. I love it. Nothing like emptying your butt. That's an explosion. No, the one that's just all over the toilet seat, that's explosive. No, I've never done that on the toilet toilet seat. seat? I'm a grown ass man. That's crazy. I've been potty trained since at least the age of three. All right, now. Did you say potty trained? Listen to this. In North Carolina, a man has to pay $8.8 million. You know why? Why? Because he cheated with someone else's wife. And you know, in North Carolina, you can actually sue for adultery. So you can sue a person. Yes, it's called alienation of affection. And in North Carolina, this one man actually has to pay up. He was seeing another man's wife for 16 months. So he has to pay another man $8.8 million? Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. Yes, he does. I hope that was worth it. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Yep. $8.8 $8.8 million because I slept with another man's wife. For 16 months, mm-hmm. yes. Does he have that money? What did he do for a living? Where did he get that number from? Why $8.8 million? Well, they said um, $2.2 million was uh, tangible damages. And the other money is punished. Punished. It's time to get it off. North Carolina literally paid you. Yes.
Uh, we want to hear from you on the breakfast I don't know if it pays, but it okay, pays. Pays. You. Shut up, baby. You took the money back. You pay me he said my marriage is murdered it was a stretch part of it was his wife also worked for his company so he also lost an employee if you need to vent hit us up right now maybe you had a bad night oh shut up man I'm mad right now I'm trying to figure out why the woman had to pay some of that money in North Carolina it should just be all on me like if I sleep with another man's wife Hello, Shouldn't who's that this? wife have to kick in some brain to the husband too? The ex-husband? What's up? Get it off your chest. Okay. You got to see both things, don't you? My aunt and my mom. Still loves his wife. You know what's crazy about it? It was all kinds of things like he would give his wife a spa day. And guess who else was at that spa day? $20,000, which couldn't even happen anyway. Side dude. I think she just wanted him to get He got her a chip for her birthday. Guess who got a hotel? Your family member wanted you to marry another family member. Side dude. Get it off your chest. 800 585 You need to vent or if you need to vent. Let's hit us up now. It's the I'm Breakfast Club. Come on. I'm not even a citizen born. I couldn't even work out. But, yeah, I know. But can I talk about something real quick? How I'm getting sure. mad about some of Sure. Well, Charlamagne, first and foremost, thank you for shouting me out Friday in my country. Hey, thank reach, you. Uh, and uh, at your Every trail. You back door anyway. She got it right. So I appreciate you for saying that. Got you. <laughs> but love you for that. And, Envy, you know you was out of line this past weekend. What do you do? I don't know if y'all seen his uh, video on Instagram. Your live podcast looked lit as uh, I'm sorry, can't cuss. Lit as hell, by the way. But I guess you were DJing this past weekend, and you were playing that song, that Making My Way Downtown song, and you had the white girls twerking to that song? Hey. Adeline. I had the black girls come on stage. I played some reggae. I, I had the Spanish none. girls come up stage, and I played some uh, uh, reggaeton. And then the white girls, I played Vanessa Carlton. And can we talk about one last thing before I get off the song? Yes, Eritrea. <laughs> You're so funny. So, um, I don't know if y'all seen anything that's been circulating the internet lately. The This all goes back to what you guys say about how the kids, these generations, always record instead of calling the police. Yes. There's, uh, what do you call it? There's this little bald-headed Quita on, online on Facebook going live. And she was over there just recording herself on live while her best friend upstairs, quote unquote, her best friend, was getting raped. Yeah, that was that it sounded so crazy. And her friend was screaming in right. the background, get off of me, get off of me. I didn't see that. And then the police came. She was laughing. Oh, the police. I didn't see none of that. Yeah, she was the, laughing. She came all over the Internet. I was, it was disgusting, well, wasn't it? It was That's awful. Like, we got to start doing a better job, too, though. We can't just be looking at them and saying they not calling nobody. Right. Shouldn't we be finding out what cities these people in and the calling 911? The police showed up. Or the police showed up. Yeah, and I didn't see it till I, after. I, I wasn't watching it live. I just saw the websites posting it after. Jesus Christ. And, get, and get and get your girl Monique, too. She needs to get donkey of the day either twice this year or something. She's tripping, but she needs to get her black car. Lenard. Eritrea. I love, uh, what's the place called? Eritrea? Eritrea. Eritrea. Nipsey Hussle's from Eritrea. Tiffany Haddish from Eritrea. Hello, who's this? Hey, this is JR calling from Charlotte by way of St. Louis. Queen hey, City, 704. What's happening? Get it off your chest, JR. Hey, good morning, y'all. Hey, I just want to express my love and appreciation for my wife. We just moved here to Charlotte from St. Louis, Missouri two months ago. We've been working like crazy. We did it on our own. We have no family here, and we've just been trying to grind it out. I just want the words to know how much I, I want her to know how much I really appreciate her and we actually did this. We set a goal and we achieved it. Now we're just working hard to achieve our dreams. That's real, man. Charlotte is a beautiful well, city. I love Charlotte. I could retire in Charlotte. 
Oh, uh, definitely. It's definitely safer than back home. I tell you that much. Well, thank you for checking in, bro. I appreciate y'all. God bless. All righty. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. We got rumors on the way, Yes, we are going to talk about the world's highest paid DJ. Find out who's number one on that list. Also, the So-So Deaf 25th Anniversary Tour. We have some details and we'll tell you who plans to not join because they don't want to mess up the whole tour. All right. We'll get into all that when we come back. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Hi. What's happening? What's going on? Let's get to these rumors. Let's talk so, so deaf. It's time. She's spilling the tea. This is The Rumor Report with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. So, Jermaine Dupree is doing a multi-city anniversary concert tour for So So Deaf 25 years. That tour is going to kick off October 14th in D.C. and end in L.A. on November 2nd. And he just is talking about a black-owned company that put out multiple artists and enough artists to do our own tour. We are blessed. Basically, the tour will feature himself. Escape, The Brat, Jagged Edge, Bow Wow, Anthony Han- Hamilton, Bone Crusher, Young Bloods, Them Franchise Boys, and Jay Kwan. That's now, not a, that's not a bad little lineup right there. Shad Moss, though, took to Instagram to say that he is not going on the tour. He said, taking a break, So So Deaf Tour is going to be wonderful without me. I'm a F up, so I don't want to be the reason something goes wrong, so I'm going to stay at home, get my mind right. Uh, Bow Wow don't got nothing else to do. Shad Moss may be busy, but Bow Wow dance. I didn't say he was busy. He said but he doesn't want to F up the tour. He'll go on that tour. I'm sure him and, J- and J.D. are probably beefing right yeah, now with exactly. something. He'll go on that tour. You know what I it think is he, right I, now? No, no. He was going through a lot on social media. Remember, he was giving his money away, I saying th- it was evil, and then he went and said, y'all make life so hard on an N-word. Get off my D. That's what I'm saying. Bow Wow's a little depressed right now, so he wanted to get on Instagram, tell everybody he's not going to the show. So everybody says, no, Bow Wow, we want to see you. We're not coming if you don't show up, because he wanted to feel that love. Yeah, I do feel like he really going through some send, things. Send so. Shad Moss some love, man. At Shad Moss right now on Instagram, tell him you love him. Put some puppy paws. Don't they got the paw print on? The they emotion? do, but I'm, I'm sure him and JD are beefing. They're, they're, I'm sure they'll work that out and they'll be right on the road with each other. All right, well, hopefully Bow Wow is feeling okay. All right, French Montana. There was a home invasion. At least two armed robbers went mm, into his mm, house, mm, mm. and this happened early on Tuesday. Cops were on the scene as well. They said it was uh, French Montana at the house, and an unknown number of people were there at the time as well. He lives in a gated community. He actually bought the house from Selena Gomez. That sucks. Mm-mm-mm. Yes, that's a really scary thing to happen. Like, is it hard to stay in a house after that happens Hell to you? Hell yeah. <laughs> yes, Absolutely. That's your Traumatic. crib. You've been violated. And I'm trying to figure out why ain't no pistols in the house. Not one person got a gun? Well, we don't know exactly what happened in that house or afterward if anybody was injured. Nobody uh, got... To, had to go to the hospital, so we know that much. And by the way, home invasions is one of the main reasons that I believe in your right to bear arms. Absolutely. I don't care what nobody say. That, that's what a gun is for in those moments. And French need a couple of dogs, man. All right, now the world's highest paid DJ. Who is that? Khaled. Who no. made four? He's not even on I this know. list. No. Some, top some, media. some white guy who plays music too fast and you can't understand it unless you high well, off Well, I actually girl. like him because he has some great songs too. Calvin Harris? Yes. Of course. Mm-hmm. $48 million. And can't probably scratch a lick. Congrats to him. Now, how you don't know what he DJs he like? Why would you just, just say that? You think he can scratch? Calvin Harris, he get busy. Oh, okay. Yeah, just... Why he you better so- than you? I don't say nobody better than me. Oh, okay. He's dope, though. He is dope. Yeah, he, he is. He gets busy. Still All right, so he made $48 million, according to the Forbes. There's other people that made it onto this list. The Chainsmokers were number two, right behind them. Tiesto, Steve Aoki, Marshmello, Zed, Diplo, David Guetta, Cascade. Um, 
DJ Snake made the list and so did Afrojack. I'm happy for all of those people that uh, have found a way to make money, but I, I feel... I'm just like, yo, why are no black people on that list? Especially when it comes to DJing. Like, Especially, what are, yeah, what I mean, are black, I always what are black DJs doing wrong? And a lot of those DJs are, are playing our music. They're playing That's what our I'm culture, saying. I'm trying to figure out what are black DJs doing wrong that they can't It's not get what a black DJ's doing. It's the amount of support that uh, other genres get. You know, mm. EDM can come out there and get 10,000 people out there and there's no problems. We get 600 people out there as a shooting or something like that. You know, they don't they don't give us the venues. They don't give but us I, the spaces. But yeah, especially, be- think about Vegas, right? When you go to Vegas, there's no real uh, venues for it. I think there's one. Yeah, but I don't think, really you think they make all that money they on this show? They make a shows? lot of money. Yes. Well, actually, a lot of that money, a lot of money for Both. Calvin Harris comes from, he gets six figures every time he plays in Vegas. Yeah, they, he plays there all the time. They get 100000 a show, 150000 a show. You know what I mean? So they get that money. They rack it up. They and do three nights a week. Croatia, he's in Japan, mm. you know, and also doing singles. You know, that's important, too. He has some big singles. All right, well, oh, let God me answer the heat, and people. that is your rumor report. All right, thank you, Miss Yee. Now, when we come back, Leo Cohen will be joining us. Okay. We'll kick Speaking it with Leo Cohen. White people that profit off hip-hop. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We'll talk to him when we come back. If you don't know, he's the creator, the owner of 300, which is the label that started careers of Migos, Young Thug, and Fetty Wap. He also is, what does he do for YouTube, Yee? Uh, he's like, I think he's the global head of music. Global head of music of YouTube, and he was running Def Jam for years. He was managing Run DMC. We'll talk to him about all that. So don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. Yes. As soon as he sat down, he said, "I hope y'all are more prepared for me than y'all were for Takashi Six Nine. And I think we know a little bit about this guy. Right <laughs> yeah, here. he's been around. Leo a while. Cohen. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, well, sir. Good morning. I'm so happy to be here. I feel honored and and privileged to be here with you guys. Oh, it's happy to happy to have you. You're YouTube's global head of music now. What's I didn't it? sleep last night. Did you really? know that? Why? Why? Anxiety? Working. A lot of anxiety. I I don't ever remember doing a radio interview. This is really strange. I'm usually sitting at the, you know, watching my artists yeah. talk, but um, this is a different thing. So last night I was trying to figure out what in the world do they want to talk about with me so everything let's, let's, let's um, history. You got a i was confused i was really confused so i was waking <laughs> up in the middle of the night just like um trying to figure out what was the best interviews that i saw who gave the best interviews and um my mind went blank none of ours came to mind none no <laughs> chuck d always comes to mind oh we never okay. interviewed chuck okay. d okay. Like chuck, d. Okay. chuck d always comes to mind so let's go start, ahead what do you want to ask let's start from the beginning how how did leo cohen get into hip hop well unbeknownst to many of you including yourselves not true i know the first <laughs> all rap station was not in new york city it was 1580 k day in Los Angeles. Yep. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. And there was a DJ clique called Uncle Jam's Army. And Uncle Jam's Army used to take out the sports arena downtown. And they had no talent. They just had breakbeats. Mm-hmm. And it was just at the end of disco and kind of lakeside, barcades. You you don't even know who they are. The it's barcades? okay. It's yes. okay. It's okay. The Gap Band. <laughs> I have all and those was, records at home because my do? parents have a lot of vinyl. Okay, so that that was that scene right there. Right. And I was just driving around Los Angeles, and I would see these gigantic posters, Uncle Jam's Army, the Civic Arena, and the date. So I just said, I, I have no idea what this is, so I'm going to go find it. Mm-hmm. 
And I went and I walked in and there was an arena full of people enjoying the breakbeat. And it was fascinating to me. You know, how, how did you know you wanted to be an executive and not an artist, though? I had no interest in um, being an executive or an artist. Understand, when I came, and I came in 1983, and my first job was to take Run DMC to Europe. And literally my first job. I, I didn't even get to stay one night in New York because they couldn't find their road manager. He was on a binge. And I was the only one with a passport. So mm -hmm. that's how I started being a road manager. So I was just making it up. I had no experience. I had no understanding. I had no money. I had nothing. Oh, how did you do? Did you know Russell Simmons? Or how, how did you just become Run DMC's man? So I was a financial analyst. I was making $14,000 a year. Mm -hmm. I worked for the National Bank of Israel. My mom found me the gig. And my friends were throwing parties. And they were having the best times. They had the best girls, the best drugs, everything. And I was just like... You know, my mom got me the job. I just have a degree in international finance and marketing. Mm -hmm. I better stick this thing out. But I was doing really nothing. It was horrible. I was um, dying. And my friends were encouraging me to throw a party. And I said, I don't want to just throw any type of party. I want to throw something interesting. And they said, well, tell me what interesting is. And there was a bunch of unsigned Hollywood bands mm -hmm. at the time. So I threw a show with the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Fishbone, Social Distortion, um, The Circle Jerk, starring Run DMC. Uh, I borrowed $700 from my mom and made 36 Gs that night. Okay? You got all those orders for $700 back then? Well, it's, I, I was short $700. It was nothing. They were all okay. unsigned. Right. right. And I put it together. It was a, 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 a very unique moment um, in... A lot of people's lives including myself and you know only problem I had that night was Joey came off the stage before he performed I said I'm not sure what you're doing but there's a whole audience out there waiting for you and he says man they're not waiting for me you didn't see what just happened I said what what, what happened and he said you know those little white kids came on stage and they they wanted to attack me and I realized this was stage diving. Mm -hmm. They were oh. all coming on stage and oh, dancing yeah. with him yeah, yeah, and then throwing themselves jump off, right? up, jumping off. And I said, that's what they're, you know, they're doing. They're, it's an, they're having a great time. They're having a great time. It's a sign of affection. And he looked at me and he said, I don't know why I trust you, but I'll go out there. And the rest of the night, he was flinging little white kids off the stage. <laughs> came off stage and said, I like you, man. I'm, and, and that's how it happened. They invited me. They told Russell about me. By the way, my friend, who is running Columbia University's TV station, let us rehearse the Beastie Boys, LL, Run DMC. We were broke back then. We had no money for rehearsal halls. And he said, take the Columbia University TV station. <laughs> Little did I know he was filming it. I have 17 hours Get the of 1983 um, rehearsals. Beastie Boys, LL Cool J, Run DMC. Now, wow. now, now, I know a lot of people don't know. When they see that footage, they're going to know who said whose house? Run's house. Moi. You made you, you okay. that? Yeah. Wow. How did, how did that come about? We were rehearsing. And I said, you know, he, he came up <laughs> cheapestly and said, this is the blah, blah, blah. And I had, to, I had to check Joey and say, this is your house. 
and 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 we rehearsed it. It's all there. One day it'll come out. On uh, YouTube. How do you find... <laughs> That's right. Thank you. YouTube. On YouTube. All right. Now we're talking to Leo Cohen, founder of 300, who signed Amigos, Fetty Wap, T Grizzly, and more. Charlamagne? I always wonder about that. Like, how did y'all find that crop of artists so early? Of course, we know Run DMC, but the Beastie Boys, LL Cool J. Because you, you kind of set yourself up for a win with those guys. It was, a, it was genius. It was all Rick Rubin. He was a mastermind, genius. You know, one of the problems out here is that people are winning in many ways too easily. Mm. And part of the artist development, there's people development. Like, mm -hmm. people development, man, you have to hit your head and get back up and recognize what, what just happened. So these kids, I think they have it kind of slippery and kind of easy and um, I think that there's call, uh, things that we lost in the last decade is artist development Yeah. but we also lost mentorship. You know what I think happens too, what I noticed as far as what you said about developing artists and mentoring people, somebody goes viral right, they can do one yeah. song, they go viral and then the labels are offering millions of dollars for somebody that has one record. One record. Hip hop is not just you know, something to piss your parents off because your parents are listening to it too. It's a problem. And then you get the, this, this, this like day trading of rappers. <laughs> it's the worst thing that could happen for our culture. All those labels that are day trading should be embarrassed and ashamed of themselves because they are going to be the reason why things come to an end. I believe that. Artists this, like that shouldn't even sign deals, though. Like, I wouldn't invest in uh, artists like that until they show me that they're going to be around for a while. But then it's hard because they get label nervous that somebody else is going to sign yeah, them and that they'll miss out. So exactly. next thing you know, it's a bidding war. Listen, I never signed an act because I was afraid of losing them. I only signed an act because I wanted them on my label. When one act says to me, oh, another label's interested in me, I said, go ahead with yourself. I'm not interested in you anymore. How do you think I heard that happened with Drake with you. Didn't, I heard you all but had Drake in the bag. and then Drake, um, the truth is, Drake shook my hand. And this would have been at Def Jam or 300? Def Jam, son. Or <laughs> <laughs> 300. And then I heard that you, you found... You see? I heard he shook your hand, it was a done deal, and then you found out he wasn't signing at an award show. Everybody had on the cash money shirts or something like that. Yeah, it doesn't matter. He didn't stop the party. Did he at least tell you why? You know, I really don't spend time backwards. Mm. Okay? <laughs> it's like I keep moving. All right, we got more with Leo Cohen. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the God. We are The Breakfast Club. We have Leo Cohen, the head of global music at YouTube in the building. Charlamagne? Let's talk about a, a former actor of yours, uh, yes, Kanye sir. West. Amazing. When you put the picture out with the MAGA hat on. I didn't put that picture on. he put it out. Yeah. He I had no it. idea. I had no idea what... You didn't what, see the hat? Didn't see the hat. Come on, Leo. <laughs> I didn't see the hat. I was so mesmerized. You know, Kanye is a beautiful host. We walked into his gorgeous... Um, place where he does um, the clothing yeah, sneakers. and the sneakers. No facility. It was, you know, I, I was bringing my colleagues from the from San Francisco. 
So and nobody I, noticed the black guy in the MAGA hat. I, I was, I was, <laughs> yo, bro, you couldn't cut me off or what? Um, so I'm here having a, an incredible time being with him, and and he was obviously interested. You know, when Kanye's interested in having you, you know, you feel like you're in that moment. And then he goes, "You want to hear some music?" So we went in, listened to music. So no, I didn't look at his hat at all. I didn't see his hat. I was fully immersed in in the experience. So right. no, the answer is no. Long way of saying no. Well, after what's the, the point? After the picture came out and you saw the hat, did you did you have any thoughts? This is the crazy stuff. I had to run to the airport, so I had to go, and I ran to the airport as I'm running like like an Avis commercial through the airport. Everybody's saying, yo, what's up with the hat? What's up with the... And I didn't know what they're talking about because I'm trying to make the flight. I finally get to the gate and I, I came with a few minutes to spare. My phone's blowing up. Everybody's blowing my shit up like, bro, what's going on? And that's when I realized what happened. It was so fascinating to mm -hmm. see. I literally... We're talking more than 40 people. So imagine I'm in Calabasas, snap, get in the car, 35 minutes, I'm running through the airport, <laughs> over 40 people shouting at me through the airport. Wow. Leah, let me ask you this. If an artist is talented, right, but you don't agree with their personal views, does that matter or is it all about talent? No, it's all about talent. Um, I respect their personal views, but I can never be silent. I've never been silent. And that's why I've touched more rap music than everybody combined. Never had a security guard, okay? Because one, I tell bad news faster than good news. Mm -hmm. And I tell people when they ask me exactly how I feel. Like you can't be a rapper and have a cuff in front of me. I tell you, that's liquid heroin. You're junkie, you're junkie. Any rapper, come right now, they come with thing, I have to tell them because to me, I don't want to be, I feel my silence would be complicit. With all the artists that you work with? I think that's real it, though. It doesn't matter if I work with them or not. Mm -hmm. If they got a cup, I'm going to tell them they're a junkie and they're hooked on liquid heroin. That's real. If you just tuned in, we have Leo Cohen in the building, the global head of music at YouTube, also the founder of 300, the label that signed Migos, Fetty Wap, and more. Yee. Would it concern you enough to not work with someone if they were, say, they were in the middle of negotiating with you? Would yes, that make go you ahead. say, okay, what, I don't what, know that I can do this deal? What? If you felt like they had a, a drug problem. No, 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 no. It's part of the math in my brain. Oh, nothing good happens with junkies. Now, there are many people who have been able to hit the wall and, and walk away. Mm -hmm. <laughs> a lot of them don't. One of the biggest artists you ever had was uh, had a real bad drug problem, DMX. I'm so sad. Um, DMX, there's two people inside of him. Earl is one of the nicest people. I put him up in um, um, Lake George. Earl loved being silent with a fishing pole. He just would stay on that dock hours and hours and hours and hours. It's, it, I think the opiate pr problem, the, the syrup problem, is the biggest problem that I've ever seen and I've ever faced um, and been a part of. And I can't be, a, I, I can't f with it. You know, the crack thing 
was devastating. But at least the rappers were bringing a spotlight to you becoming a fiend. And I thought that that was, that spotlight um, helped change the course of the crack epidemic. I don't know what's this opioid thing, man. Is, is well, being a so crackhead wasn't would cool you, back then. Being what? a crackhead wasn't cool. Now it's it, it seems like they're they're making it cool to be drinking lean and syrup and it's the most dangerous it's the most dangerous thing that's facing our society. Are you so, so why sign an artist that would promote that? Um, be, because I, I I already answered that question. You weren't paying attention. Um, she asked me talent or issues, and I said talent. But I I, I have to I, I can't give up on people. But I'm saying that's hypocritical, though. You're saying um, it's opportunistic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I got I got people to feed. Um, <laughs> oh, I got a I got a I got a business to run. <laughs> You're gonna make Dame Dash take this clip and call you a culture vulture. Who's Dame Dash? You brought him up. I don't even know him. I don't even know him. So you bring him his name up. I don't even know him. So y'all made a lot of money together. Made a lot of. Come money. on, Leo. Don't do that to him. I don't know him. I really don't. I don't know what to tell you. Problems is problems. I try to fix problems. Mm -hmm. I try to sign great talent and then help them. Now, well, now you have been a culture vulture. I'm going to say yes. that. Now, how do you respond to Because people have called you a culture vulture before. I'm 37 years doing this. So, there's good, you know. Uh, oh, boy. So, um, when you're 37 years and continuously inventing yourself and winning. People don't, there's a small subset of people that don't like those people, that their fortunes may not have, they may not have reinvented themselves um, that are upset. But like I said, I don't really pay attention to them. You know, the first time that I ever heard that Dame Dash had an issue with me was my daughter called me up and asked me, who's Dame Dash? I don't pay attention. People feel like you you broke up Rockefeller. That's that's what they say. You got in Jay's ear and told him, get away from Dame. I, I think you got to talk to to Jay and, and Dame and Biggs, Tata, you know. I, I don't know what to say to that. I always have an expression. You say... We're friends. Mm -hmm. And I said, man, you gave a interview. And you said, man, I thought we were friends. We're, no fr we're not friends any longer. You know what I say? We were never friends in the first place. If that can't, we can't survive that. 100%. So if their partnership couldn't survive, then how could, if, if, if it was me or anybody else? No outside influence should be able to right. break yeah. that up. Yeah. All right, we got more with Leon Cohen. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the God. We are The Breakfast Club. We have Leon Cohen, founder of 300, who signed Amigos, Fetty Wap, T Grizzly, and more. Charlamagne? What's your overall mission for YouTube in the, in the industry? Overall mission for YouTube is that more artists could feed their families and more songwriters could um, feed their families. When those artists are at the kitchen table and saying to their parents that, ah, I'm going to skip college and I'm just going to be an artist, 
um, they could make an informed decision. Unlike the last 20 years, that it sucked. Being, it was hard um, telling your parents, I'm going to be an artist. Have you spoke to Rich the Kid recently? No. He's pretty upset with you guys. Mm-hmm. Have you heard or no? No. Hey, well, he just posted a comment that said, uh, 300, and he feels like you guys have, have not really helped his uh, career out too much. 300 ENT, y'all suck. Y'all got to let me out this damn contract. I don't want to be with y'all no more. I told y'all, I'll give y'all damn this money back. I don't want to be with y'all label no more. Y'all suck. Is that a question? Or I, I, I don't know <laughs> I mean, what you're asking. How do you feel? How, how, how do, do I feel about that? I don't, about feel, I don't, I don't feel good about um, hearing that, but it, it sounds like he's a clown. Maybe it's a late night something. I don't know what his problem is. He should call me as my number. Look, do you, do you ever you see if he calls me? Do you ever okay. redo contracts? Like, of course, I redo contracts. Like, okay, you know, I spend my whole life um, redoing contracts. I don't, I don't do. How about this? He gonna have a hard time because we don't, we don't play that. Migos at one time, <laughs> Migos at one time were, <laughs> Migos at one time were a little sad, and they, and they said they felt like three hundred held them back a little bit. Yeah, if y'all wouldn't let them put out music for eighteen months, they said. So listen. I just been doing it for 37 years. I don't think I have all the answers. Mm-hmm. I don't even think that I have all the right answers. But I do believe that focus and attention and creating an artwork, uh, a moment in time. I want to, um, I'm in the champagne business, not the water business. I'd like to make something special. If it's everywhere, all day, every day, Mm -hmm. I don't know why that's special. Listen, if they put a bunch of music out, I I make more money, right? More music, more money, since Mm -hmm. that's how it works. But I wanted them to make what I thought they could make. You didn't want them to be day traders, basically. Yeah. and, and, And by the way, I'm not trying to open up a controversy, but how do you feel about culture one and two? What's the word out there? Culture One was better. What? Culture One was better. Well, 300 had Culture One. Okay. <laughs> Got quiet in But there. they do know how to make hits. <laughs> I mean, there's hits on, on Culture Two as well. What? There's hits on. Yeah, they got, they got hits on Culture mm-hmm. Two. It was just a, it, Culture One was a better project, though. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a fact. So you're taking the credit for that. I'm not taking the credit, man. <laughs> why, why am I taking the credit? I'm when just, I'm, I'm, sure. I asked a simple question. <laughs> Was culture one better than culture two? It was a simple question. I thought we did a really, really good job. They did a magnificent job. And my hats are off to P and Coach. You know, these are hardworking, creative executives that are in the cut. Now, I believe we're about to enter the golden age of the music business. Fortunes are going to be made. Leo Cohen, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, we appreciate you for joining us. Yes. I'm so thrilled to be here. Conversation. I'm thrilled to be here. I bet you you get an audience of two. No. Um, Three. And, and um, yeah, thank you. No. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is going to make some noise in yeah, the culture. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah, 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 now yeah, you can yeah, go yeah. skydiving. That's um, the last thing. On um, the- listen, <laughs> the one thing that I, I can say is back in the day in the 80s, we used to celebrate each other. Little Independence, Leaping Bag, Profile, all these little companies, Tommy Boy Records, um, all of them. We used to get our gigs and then meet late night, and we used to celebrate each other. 
winning doesn't mean that someone else has to lose. Mm. And that's the problem here. The problem is that we got to celebrate more. I ask you guys in your own way. I know that controversy um, brings viewership and, and listenership, but I want you to also understand that you have the mixing board to also celebrate great things that happen. I like consistent greatness over controversy. I don't think there's no value in shock. Okay. Right. Thank you, guys. Thank you for what you've done um, to keep um, the engine flowing. Um, I It's hard doing what you do every day. You know, lots of people think that you come in here, um, gift of gab, you drive out with your chauffeur, limousines, and everything's hunky-dory. I know how much work this is and how difficult it is. And I applaud you for building this business. I just wish you guys were on YouTube. Mm -hmm. um, you, you see our are. plaque right you there. Are. We have you our YouTube, YouTube plaque right you there. You are on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we got our we, one million. We, we, um, we can do something how about, formally. How about YouTube yeah. uplift uh, the Breakfast Club channel? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how about that? Maybe we could do something formally one day yeah. on, on YouTube. Yeah. Well, I look We've forward to We've been to the it. YouTube studios. Yeah. I, I've hosted a lot of things there Thank you. as well. I'm, I'm, I'm really honored to have been here this morning. Thank, Thank you, Leo. So Leo Cohen, it's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Hey. Good morning. Let's get to these rumors. Let's talk Nicki Minaj. Listen up. It's just in. All the gossip. Gossip. The rumor report. Gossip. With Angela, Angela Yee. It's The Rumor Report. The Breakfast Club. Well, everybody's getting ready for Nicki Minaj's new album, Queen. It's supposed to come out August 10th. That's soon. Mm -hmm. That's next week. But it looks like it may be pushed back again. Now, the problem is this. There's a track with an unclear Tracy Chapman sample and a feature from, quote, one of the greatest rappers of all time. Now, she tweeted out, Tracy Chapman, can you please hit me? She also did a poll asking, since I may have asked it wrong, vote. You guys can only imagine how much this means to me. It's such a perfect body of work. Love you, long time. So what she wants to do is figure out, do I need to push my album back a week to try to get this sample cleared? What do you think? I mean, as an artist, I'm sure this is, like she said, this is her body of work, and she really wants that track on there. So, I mean, what's a, what's a week? I wonder how great that song is, though. But if, if that's what she wants. I mean, do people still push their album back in 2018? Yeah, does, all does, the time. Does it matter? Like, just drop the music. The, the yeah, but she thing. wants to make sure that she gets this sample you that's not this, clear, clear. You put the single to, out later, right? It's the screaming service, right? So, right. So being Add it, it on later. But, but, but she probably later. wants to put her full body of work out but all at once. people do it all the time. Shout out to Fat Joe. He just released a record with Tina Turner's sample and didn't get that cleared right away. He just put it out and then he cleared it after. I mean, people do it all the time. The only problem with doing that is that they, they can ask for way more money. Absolutely. If you don't clear it first. Absolutely. Mm. Because by that time, it's done. So no matter what you got to pay, you end up paying way more. All right. Now let's discuss R. Kelly. Angelo Clary, who's the father of Asriel Clary, who is uh, one of the women that uh, is one of R. Kelly's, quote, girlfriends. You know, R. Kelly just did that song, I Admit It. And that really struck a chord with Angelo Clary, who feels like he did not address some of the allegations against him at all. Now here is what um, Angelo Clary has to say about R. Kelly. This dude make a song acting like he sympathized because he got kids. You don't have no kids. You had you had a ejaculation in a woman. That's what you did. Tell the world why you can't see your kids. Tell the world why you have no relationship with three kids and this woman left with nothing from what you said. She was a bum. She was this. She was that. So why didn't you win in court? Why your 27 lawyers that you said in the song didn't get you your kids? Mm. Then he goes on uh, to talk more about R. Kelly and how his daughter ended up living with him. 
what she what we asked of you was to do nothing but look over a song and help her career get to the next level. Now see how fast you can you can molest a goddamn child. You know what how easy your situation is to fix? Let them kids go. Now, according to Angelo Clary, he says that R. Kelly took advantage of his daughter at the age of 17 and under Florida law, that's underage. How so, come nobody whooped R. Kelly's ass, though? Why? I got to get to him. R. Kelly's still get holding him? the girls hostage for real? I mean, some of the girls have done videos saying that they want to stay, and it's a really crazy situation. seems like they're being brainwashed. And according to the parents, held against their will, but then the girls are acting like they want to be there. And then well, some of the, the women who have escaped did talk about the mental uh, tricks that were being played on them mm-hmm. while they were in that relationship. Well, shouldn't the parents be partly to blame, too? Because if you know R. Kelly's reputation, why would you ever send your child over there to get a song done or to You're get right. a song written or to be in the it's, studio? It's with the well, now, I don't know though. how old his daughter is um, now. I just know that he says that she was 17 at, at the, the time. time. So maybe I don't I have no idea. Listen, I know y'all wouldn't do it, so. I don't know. All right, now let's talk about some good news. LeBron James's new school. Let's talk about the I Promise School and some of the things that they are doing that's very different from a lot of other public schools because it is still a public school, and that school is for at-risk students who are falling well behind the rest of the kindergarten to 12th grade population. And some of the things that they are doing, uh, focusing on accelerated learning, providing job placement assistance for parents. Because a lot of times kids bring uh, baggage into the classroom because of what's going on at home. Right. Um, they have an on-site food bank, supports students with stress from economic causes, gives every student a bike to escape dangerous parts of town and explore. How important is it for kids to get out of their neighborhood that they, a lot of times we grow up and have never left the, the area that we are from? Uh, guarantees free college tuition to the University of Akron to all graduates starting in 2021. So all of those things, free tuition, free uniforms, free bicycle and helmet, free transportation within two miles, free breakfast, lunch, and snacks, food pantry for families, GEDs and job placement services for parents. There you go, all those things. You got to be a real creative hater to find a way to talk crazy about that one. I mean, you could say it don't got a barbershop in it, but I mean. Start out. They're working on that. It might have one in there, by the way. (laughs) But you know what? We don't know. I, I, I was thinking as far as how can we help because I mean this is something that's going to go on forever and I'm sure that LeBron's going to foot that forever so uh, we, we need to help him uh, I don't think LeBron James needs our help no. I would I would, I would, would love to help him but you know what salute to LeBron James salute to Jalen Rose salute to Diddy mm-hmm. Diddy has a charter school yes. Jalen Rose has his leadership academy in yes, Detroit. Detroit. Detroit LeBron mm-hmm. James now has his in Akron so it's people that have been doing this man but drop one of the clues bombs for LeBron James we need to make sure we can help though and stand by him that the, you know the programs continue Well he does on. have his nonprofit and so you can help okay. uh, by donating to his nonprofit as well. I definitely shut will. up and build a school. Forget shut up and dribbling. Shut up and build a school. But you know I have a rule. My rule is, is that when I'm at dinner with somebody who got more money than me, why would I ever insult them and say yo I got the bill? So I kind of feel like this with this school. You no, know but you got to get but you can take care of the tip. So you can give a little bit. Listen, LeBron builds schools. I do backpack giveaways. Everybody just need to act their wage. Mm-hmm. Okay? I I got my backpack giveaway next uh August 11th in Monk's Corner, South Carolina. LeBron's building schools. You everybody, know what else? Is, act their wage. You know what is, other, else is a great thing to do though to actually show up. Like to go there for the kids to see you. A lot of kids would be mm-hmm. interested in what it is that we do for a living teach a class. You know, just show them and maybe something different that they can get some firsthand experience with. Invite them up here. Do I got to teach the class if I built the class? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll show up for the, I'll show up for the ribbon cutting. Right. Yes. 
All right. Well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. All right. Thank you, Miss Yee. Shalabang. Yes, sir. Who are you giving that donkey to? Oh, man. We need uh, Je- Jeffrey Whiteman. His actual name is Jeffrey Whitman. Is he white? He is white. No. Okay. His name is Jeffrey Whitman, but we're going to call him Jeffrey White, man. He needs to come to the front of the congregation. We'd like to have a word with him. All right. We'll get into that when we come back. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Time for Donkey of the Day. Donkey of the Day, I'm a Democrat, so being Donkey of the Day is a little bit of a mixed up. So like a donkey. Yeehaw. Okay. Donkey of the Day. <laughs> the Breakfast Club, bitches. Now, I've been called a lot in my 23 years, but Donkey of the Day is a new one. Yes, Donkey of the Day for Wednesday, August 1st goes to Jeffrey Whitman. But what we're going to do is add an E in Whitman and call him Jason Whiteman because when we speak of the legendary non-fictional character that everyone fears called the white man, Jeffrey Whitman is the epitome of that. Oh, he is the type of white man that we all try to avoid, the kind of white man that gives all white men a bad name, the racist, bigoted kind with a Make America Great Again bumper stick on his pickup truck, the kind of white man you have to avoid at all costs because if your paths cross, a not-so-random act of racism could possibly happen. Now, if you forgot who Jeffrey is, he is the contractor in Ohio who followed a black man home and called him the N-word repeatedly. You remember Jeffrey was driving, and sadly, a brother named Charles Lovett crossed paths with this prejudiced prick, and Jeffrey accused Charles of cutting him off, so then he followed Charles home and let that AR-15 go. And by AR-15, I mean a racist 15-second rant. Let's refresh everyone's memory, shall we? Is there a reason why you just followed me to my house? You want to let me know how much of a nigger I am? Yeah, I want to let you personally know. And so I'm a nigger because because, because you don't rude. because you don't follow signs. Rude. I'm, I'm rude because so you don't know how to read signs. Well, Jeffrey Whitman owns Uriah's Heating and Cooling, and he was driving the company van when he let that 15-second racist rant go. Well, now Jeffrey is backtracking. He told the Columbus Dispatch it was an awful mistake, and obviously I don't know how to explain it, and it's ruined my life, and it's ruined my family's life. Why is he backtracking now? Because mm-hmm. business is suffering Okay, he says, I'm I'm out of business. I'm completely out. I'm done. I'll never work in Columbus again. This has completely and thoroughly ruined my life. White man told the newspaper he simply chose the wrong word while addressing Lovett and insisted he's not a bigot. Now, listen. Several times chose the wrong word. Listen, I speak for a living. Okay, I've said one word too many several times. I've said things that I apologize for because when you get paid to talk as much as I talk and you're giving your POV and speaking what's on your mind like I do, you're bound to say something a little extra, but there's no way that calling a black man the N-word can be written off as an awful mistake, okay? He's, he's not a comedian. He's not a radio personality. As far as we know, he wasn't drunk. He wasn't high. He followed him home for two miles. So he had time to think about calling this man the N-word. In fact, he said verbatim, I wanted to let you know personally that you are an N-word. Can we hear it again? Let's hear it again. Is there a reason why you just followed me to my house? You want to let me know how much of a nigger I am? Yeah, I want to let you personally know how much of a nigger. And so I'm a nigger because because you don't because you don't follow signs. I'm I'm rude because you don't know how to read signs. See, this is how you know he's not apologetic for using the N word because in all of that crying and calling the newspaper and venting and saying he made a mistake, he never once apologized to Charles Lovett for following him home and and, and calling him the N-word. See, apologizing does not always mean you're wrong. It just means that you value your relationships more than your ego. Well, in this case, Jason White Man is wrong, but he also doesn't value his relationships with black people because if he did, he would apologize to that black man, Charles Lovett, but his ego won't let him. 
please give Jeffrey Whitman, a.k.a. Jeffrey Whiteman, the biggest hee-haw. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And that's why I uh. like the fact that uh, Lovett filmed that instead of, like you guys said, slapping him because that actually has caused him much more pain and suffering. Mm-hmm. I do. I think that was a great idea. All right. All right. Thank you for that donkey of the day. Now, when we come back, ask ye. We actually have an update, 800-585-1051. Uh, we'll talk about it when we come back. Don't yeah, move. a lot of people ask me about updates on Assy, so this week we do have one that was very critical for us. All right, it's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha God. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, um, last week during Ask Yee, we had a lady called that was in pretty bad shape. Yeah, she, she was, stayed uh, anonymous. Destroyed. Yeah, she stayed anonymous, and she was upset, and she wanted to take her own life Uh I've been talking to her for the last couple of days, and ye actually put her in touch with our resident doctor. Yes, that is Dr. Kendall Jasper. He's a clinical psychologist, and uh, he's been on the show before, and it was uh, something that we felt like was very necessary. A lot of people have their own issues with depression and with suicidal thoughts, so we wanted to do this to help everyone. Right, so if you missed a call last week, let's, let's get her back on so you can understand what she's going through. Um, my question is, um, and I, has any of you dealt with uh, depression, uh, suicidal thoughts, um, anxiety, and how did you get past it? Um, I'm fresh out of an abusive mentally and physical uh, relationship. Um, I'm not happy. Um, I, I, the best thing in my life is my son, and that's an issue there. I don't have the support of my family. Um, when I finally talked to my dad about it, who is minister, Mm-hmm. Um, he said it was my fault. Mm. Um, wow, that's terrible. Poor yeah, poor choices. And um, and and I should pray about it. And, and it's, it's my fault. I should stop thinking about it. It's one hundred percent not your fault. Number one. <laughs> One of the main things with dealing with depression is being able to express yourself and just even sometimes just tell somebody how you feel. Do you have anybody else that you can talk to? No, not really. I mean, I used to really close to my dad, but I don't know what happened. I wasn't expecting him to. Where are you from? Louisiana. Louisiana. And, um, I'm in Texas, so um, I don't really have a lot of family. And um, when I reached out to family, my dad, what happened is kind of, and it just happened yesterday. It just kind of blew me away because if I could just stop then of course I would you know so nobody wants to feel like you know, no, the, you know what I, the problem is? The problem is a lot of times people really haven't gone through that, so they don't know how to talk to you, and they think it's light, but it's not light. Because I've been in that same predicament, and I was there. I was probably at my my worst part of my life, and I felt the same way, and I didn't want to be here, and I felt like the world would be better, and my family would be better without me in it. But you have yeah. to realize that that's not true, and you have to realize, like you said, you have a young child, and you have to live for that young child. And I know it's very difficult because you feel like you have nobody to talk to, and that's the hardest thing, because you feel kind of embarrassed. But... You can't feel that way. And if you don't have anybody to talk to, I'm going to put you on hold. I don't know. I know this is ass but I, I, I know, I've been I'm like, there. Hello, so I, I really know <laughs> what it feels like, like to the point where I almost, and I will give you my number and you can call me and you can talk to me anytime you need to. I don't I'm care glad if it's you didn't. four o'clock in the morning, five I'm in the morning. I don't didn't. care because I, being at that point and feeling like you have nobody to talk to, thank God my wife was there and I was able to be able to talk to her. I just want to let you know that it is a sickness and it is a problem when sometimes people think that this is something you should be able to handle yourself. It's a disease. So don't think that there's anything wrong with you. This is something that you really do need to seek professional outside help. It's not something where you can just pick yourself up out of it. There's a lot of... um, 
you know, research that's been done, and it, it could have a lot to do with many different things. Like you said, you're just coming out of a relationship. You don't have anybody close to you to talk to. There's so many things that's going on here. I do, however, have a friend uh, who is a therapist who would, I'm sure, love to speak with you and give you some professional advice because I would hate to have anything happen to you and feel like, you know, we couldn't be of some assistance. So if you hold on the line, I'm going to get you his information so that you guys can talk to each other and he can uh, guide you in the right direction. Okay, thank you. But I don't, I don't want well you too. to ever, ever, ever blame yourself for anything. This is completely not your fault. Life beats us up sometimes. Thank you. I'm okay, going to give you my number too, all right? You hold on. Don't hang up. Okay. All right, when we come back, we're actually going to um, talk to the doctor. He's been talking to her. I've been talking to her as well. We'll get him on when we come back. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the God. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, I'll tell you about a young lady who called last week that wanted to commit suicide. And uh, we got in touch with the doctor to make sure the doctor can actually help her out. I've been talking to her as well, and she's doing a whole lot better. Dr. Kendall Jasper, good morning, sir. You, what's up? Morning, bro. What's up, brother? Now, you know, we had that anonymous caller who I referred to you, and, um, she called in and she had some issues that she was going through last week. And I know you've been speaking to her, but there's a lot of people who have these issues where they're dealing with depression, with suicidal thoughts. And it's so urgent. I just really wanted to hear what your thoughts were and what's been going on with the young lady. She's doing okay. We talked every day since Friday. I believe it was Friday. Mm-hmm. We've talked every day since Friday. I want to give Envy a shout out because she's made made it very clear to me that they've talked on a consistent basis as well. Mm-hmm. Um and that has been tremendous for her to feel supported and just feel like she's had people to just be able to talk to and, and just express herself to. Um, so, you know, kind of checking in with her. We're supposed to talk again today. She's following a plan. I put her on a plan, uh, you know, not really a safety plan because it, it wasn't that apparent that she was, you know, that she had a specific plan to want to harm herself. But we did talk about some changes that she immediately needed to make. Uh, for example, on Friday, uh, I told her during lunch on Friday that I wanted her to engage in some, some type of a pleasurable activity, something that was going to make her feel good, something that was going to make her smile. And she certainly did that. Talking a little bit about her thought process and just welcoming some of the emotion as opposed to trying to fight it because that's something that's very difficult to do and only lends itself to a little more frustration. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's been able to do those things. On Saturday, she did need to talk to me extensively as she was driving and she pulled over on the side of the road. And we kind of worked through that, and that's to be expected. You know, but but that was more about her being angry at herself about some of the decisions that she's made. Mm -hmm. And I told her that that was a natural progression, you know, sort of stages of change. You know, if we're not angry about some of the decisions that we're making, then we're not human to a certain degree. So, you know, I kind of normalized some of that if I could for her. And it, and it seems to be working pretty well for her. Okay. Now, one of the main issues she had was she was saying that her dad was acting like it was her fault and he wasn't taking it seriously that she was having these thoughts and she had no one to talk to. And a lot of people feel really alone. Now, you're a clinical psychologist and I know um, you've had a lot of, of dealings with people that have had these feelings. What advice would you give to somebody who's feeling that way and has no one to talk to? If they don't have anybody else, to, to make an attempt to seek some form of professional help. You know, I was a stranger to her. You all were strangers to her. But she felt comfortable enough to call you all and myself as strangers or you referred me to her because she needed somebody to listen to her. It's important to have somebody to be able to listen to what you're saying and also at the same time be able to challenge, if they could, 
some of what you're saying for you to understand you're not alone it's okay you know I, i'll never tell someone you shouldn't think like that you know the premise of just don't think about it you know it's kind of foolish and i know that may sound controversial but how do you not think about something so welcome those thoughts yeah you can you can welcome welcome them as a process mm-hmm. but also understand on the end of it even if i welcome those thoughts i don't have to engage in any action so that that gives me some power so i can have thoughts of wanting to harm myself but i don't have to engage in an action right. to do so and what that does is that empowers you to say okay i had those thoughts and i didn't engage in that so when those thoughts come back i already know that i can just sit here and do nothing i can do something else you know she went to the park that was her pleasurable activity she went to the park and she people watched mm-hmm. we talked about her people watching and we processed that and she, you know it, it was it, it was funny because she said to me these people look like they have it all together as I watch them in the park and they look happy. And I said, well, do you really believe that? And she was like, absolutely not. I said, okay, so what makes them any different from you? They're going on with their lives. They're moving on. They look happy. They may be putting on a facade, but the point is, is that they're doing something. And she was like, you know, you got a good point there. All right. Now, Dr. Jasper, where can people find you if they want to get some help also? You've been up here on The Breakfast Club before, um, and we've spoken with you before, but how can people reach out to you if they want to get some help or on social media or just even email, whatever it is that you can give us? It's just at Docking at D-O-C-N-D-A-D-U-D-E, on Facebook, Twitter, and and Instagram. I can be reached. Or people can email me, Docking to Do 1, D-O-C-N-D-A-D-U-D-E 1, at gmail.com. All right, well, thank you so much. I appreciate you, and thanks for helping us out, too. You know, sometimes when people call, ask ye, a lot of issues um, we can handle, but then certain things, I think, are just too above what it is that we can offer here. So that's why sometimes you do need expert help, like I was saying, and I'm really glad that you stepped in to help us out. No, no doubt. And I just want to tell y'all thank you for the love, thank you for the shout, and I don't mind y'all sending people my way. I got into this profession because I love people and I love helping people, so... Don't be shy about sending folks my way. All right. I know. And I appreciate you always respond right away. So that's so important to me. So shout out to you and to um, your brother, Kane, and also who always uh, links us up and makes sure everything happens the way it's supposed to. I just regret that I can't let every everybody doesn't get through for ASCII that has major issues. So that's why I wanted to mm-hmm. make sure you were here on this platform so people know how they can reach you directly just in case they can't get through on the lines. No doubt. All right. Thank you, Dr. Jasper. Absolutely. Y'all enjoy the rest of your morning. All right. That was Ask Ye, 800-585-1051. That was a really important one for us today, too, though. So I feel very blessed and and grateful to be able to be here when we get situations like that. Absolutely. All right. When we come back, we got the rumors. Don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the God. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk Farrakhan. This is The Rumor Report with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. So listen up. Okay, well, I saw the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan had put up a tweet about his movie being released on Netflix. It was called My Life's Journey Through Music. Well, it turns out, according to Netflix, that movie will not be viewed on there. They're not releasing that. They said it was due to an internal miscommunication. They said... uh, it appeared to be scheduled for release on Netflix, but it is not. We apologize for any confusion this has caused. Yeah, the internal miscommunication was what? Louis Farrakhan. I thought you said Louis Ferguson. I didn't know that was Minister Farrakhan. Mm-hmm. When I saw that news, I was like, that don't sound right. Like, I don't see Netflix 
running anything from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, I, w- I was would have been pleasantly surprised. I'm like, wow, times are changing. You know what I mean? People are letting people with all types of different views and things get their platform. But uh, Stop that immediately. Yeah, nah. The movie was produced in 2013 by Farrakhan's son, Joshua Farrakhan. But I guess, I don't know how. It's not going to be on Netflix. So I'm sure we could see it somewhere else. Maybe it'd be on Title or somewhere. All right. Now, Tiffany Haddish, she has spoken out, and she's on the cover of Glamour. She did reveal that she was raped when she was 17 years old by a police cadet. Mm. She said she reported the incident at the time, but doesn't know if that was enough. She said that whole experience put me in such a messed up place for a long time, and I ended up going to counseling. She said, me just yelling out people's names with no thought behind it is pointless. I need a plan. I could be a voice, but what's a voice going to do? Just keep talking, or is there action behind it? So she said the reason that she's so... uh, I guess it looks like she's aggressive, but it's really a defensive friend. She does that to protect herself from unwanted advances from men. She said, I noticed that men are afraid of women that are aggressive. So to protect myself, I became semi-aggressive. You hear about Tiffany always hitting on somebody, but that's to keep them from hitting on me. Yeah, she told that story in her book, The Last Black Unicorn. First time I heard her tell that story was on the Champs podcast. Right, but so now sal- she's on the cover of Glamour. But salute to Tiff. She is, uh, she is quite aggressive. Now, also in Glamour, she's saying that she never said that Sanaa Lathan bit Beyonce. She did She said, though. I didn't confirm ish. The reporter was like, Sanaa Lathan, I'm like three drinks in. So, of course, I was about to laugh. They thought I put her name out there, but I didn't. I never said nothing. And Beyonce didn't say nothing. Let the person who bit Beyonce bury themselves. I ain't trying to destroy this girl. I didn't say ish about the girl. She definitely never said Sanaa Lathan bit Beyonce. Where did that come from? Um, that reporter that laughed, and then we kind of just... Oh, yeah, they asked her, and she laughed, yeah. And I think Sanaa Lathan also was there, so people were trying to figure out who was the actress because she was there that night, and people were trying to put it together. I wonder why nobody wanted to confess that they bit Beyonce. Because they don't want the beehive coming for them. Mm, got you. Yeah, you bite Beyonce, the beehive bites you. You're right, okay. All right, now let's discuss love and hip-hop. Now, my BRF is about to be on the next season, allegedly, of love and hip-hop. Who's that? Uh, that is Mano, and BRF means best rapper friend. You know, Mano is my boy. He's from Brooklyn, so it looks like he's going to be filming on there with his girlfriend, along with uh, his close friend, Joel Santana and Kim Bella. I heard Joe Button on there, too. Ah, you heard a lot of you, Are you supposed to be spilling all these things? Maybe not. Take that back. You, didn't, think, you never I, heard that. I think I would start. I've seen that before. That's been on blog before. Oh, I, right. I would definitely start watching hip-hop if Mano and Joe Budden are on Love and It's hip-hop. called Love and Hip-Hop. What did I say? I would definitely watch hip-hop. Oh, Okay. You know what he meant. Love and hip hop. Yeah, I would definitely watch Love and Hip Hop <laughs> if Joe Budden and Mano was on there. Uh, listen, I think that sounds like a great cast. So, you know, sounds like it could be pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. And then you think Papoose and Remy Ma, they're back on. Pap and Remy need their own show, man, especially mm-hmm. now that they're having the baby. Drop on the clues bombs for Pap and Remy. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they just don't get a Mackey's their own show. They, maybe they are. Black Love. All right, Lauren Hill, she has her first fashion campaign. She's going to be teaming up with Woolrich, the outdoor company. And um, she's going to be creating a capsule collection as well. So she's been sewing and designing her own clothing the past five years. So she's going to actually work with them. Should be pretty interesting. And she's been on tour. I know she's uh, rescheduling some dates. I was looking forward to going to the one in Jersey, but I guess that one's being rescheduled as well. So I went in Detroit, though. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'm Angela Yee. Oh, and one last thing. Shout out to Angie Martinez. Nas did a secret show up here at the iHeart Theater. And Angie Martinez had a chance to ask him a few questions. And if you are waiting for some new Nas music, here's what he had to say. I just want to do, yeah, it's another album that, that, that I've already, already have been working on one before Kanye already had uh, some 
had some like real. Oh, so it's coming. There's another one. I'm now, but since I did this, I gotta do something that you know that goes in another direction a little bit. So I'm, I, I'm like finishing up the, the next one. All right. Well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. All right. Shout to Revolt. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Everybody else, the People's Choice mixes up next. Get your request in. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning.